1: Locked on, Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can hear me and see me on this show Monday to Friday uh, and also find my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me, as he does post-game, the longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And uh, Frank, this is a cool one because, look, we've we've had fun over the offseason. We've had fun over the preseason. Looking back, enjoying this Bucks team, talking about how good we think they can be and how good they will be, the fact they're defending champions, but now we get to sit back and actually talk about a basketball game that we watched tonight that Giannis played in, and Giannis looked like Giannis.
0: Yeah, this was officially game three of the preseason for the Bucs, but it felt like game one from <laughs> the, in, in the true sense of, of the you know, what the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be this year. And obviously, you never take try to take too much away from any preseason game. First and foremost, you try to check the box on health, and did your key guys play? Did they get through it unscathed? And that's a big check mark for the Bucs here as we see Giannis, Chris, and Drew all back together. We see Grace and Allen, as expected, as the fifth starter alongside Brooke Lopez. And I thought we had some interesting highlights there with Grace and Allen, again, um, showing out and showing what he can do with Giannis on the court. But yeah, I thought, you know, just the way this game started, and again, it's Oklahoma City, even a full-strength Oklahoma City team is obviously a rebuilding team. Um, they've got some interesting players, you know, Shea Gilders Alexander, of course, Lou Dort. Um, both of them looked looked pretty good tonight, and we saw uh, a fair bit of uh, your boy Josh Giddy, Australia Zone. But for the most part, obviously, this is a team that um, you know you would expect the Bucks to handle pretty easily if this was a regular season game. But you know, I mean, we like we saw on Friday, you know, the Bucks rolled out the C team or whatever in Brooklyn against a Nets team that was playing more or less all their guys other than Kyrie Irving, you know, which is a whole other discussion. Um, and, you know, that that group, that backup group, actually did a really nice job hanging in until the very end against uh, a, a much stronger um, Nets team. And so you can't really take anything for granted. And I thought just the way the Bucks came out tonight, they go up 90 lead, and who's doing the damage? Giannis Dedekumbo, and Chris Middleton just, you know, going to work and basically saying, all right, we're not going to play a lot but the minutes we're going to get we're going to pretty much play our brand of basketball and i thought you know um the the ball was fizzing around uh i thought the ball movement was great obviously the shooting was was really good all night for the bucks as they hit what was it 20 out of 37 from 3 or something like that um they shot the lights out uh in in, in especially in that first quarter i mean 48 points in the first quarter 81 in the first half um you know they're going to be nights obviously where you're not going to shoot that well. But, you know, preseason, a lot of times you're working the rust off, especially with a lot of these guys playing for the first time. And uh, they they did not look too rusty. It didn't look like too much rust had built up over the uh, the short off season.
1: So the final score, as you sort of pointed to, it's kind of inconsequential. And uh, most of the starters didn't play in the second half. Anyway, the final was 130 to 110. You already mentioned the 48 points uh, they had in the first quarter, which is – that's, that's – that's one way to blow the rust off, you know, and just drop 48 in the first quarter. Uh, I want to get to Giannis. Uh, before we do, I say this all the time, but we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. You can get it free on wherever you listen to your podcast and now on YouTube as well, if you weren't uh, already aware. I mentioned it about 12 times per podcast. So if you, if you didn't know we on YouTube, I'm sure you do now. I, I thought one of the big things, and you spoke about the, the way the ball was fizzing around, and we should note this. I mean... Just watching this Oklahoma City team, they weren't actually really missing anyone. I mean, they had a couple of role players. There. I mean, Derek Favors, whatever. I mean, that's not going to change a lot. And it just looked like men against boys. I mean, there was that one possession early in the game where my guy, Josh Giddy, Giannis just sort of looked at him and said, I'm just going to run through you. And Giddy made the right decision, moved out of the way, and it was a layup. And it was kind of like that with the starters out there. They were just physically overwhelming them. Brooke Lopez, I, I actually, I can't remember who the Oklahoma City player was that was playing center at the time. But Lopez just bulldozed him, sort of elbowed him in the head and then just dropped in a hook. It was just physically, it was physical abuse out there on the floor. But uh, in in the post game, when I jumped in the Zoom calls, there was a lot of talk uh, to Drew Holiday and Giannis about the chemistry and the fact that they looked pretty good out there. And I, this is maybe one aspect that we haven't looked at a lot. Uh, this was their first time playing together in a preseason game. Sure, the opposition wasn't of the highest standard. But unlike last year, these guys do at least have one season under their belt. And it's kind of funny to think that they probably still have room for improvement. We spoke about that in the chat with uh, Eric Name the other day. It's only year two with these guys. But they do have an inbuilt chemistry that they got from last season that wasn't there at the start of last year. And it was just pretty remarkable to see how well it fit. Bud really with the rotations kept it – the four starters together at all times. Poor old Brook Lopez just keeps on getting left out. He he was the odd man out that had to stay out up there on the floor. But Bud kept the four guys together for a section at the start, and then at the end of the first quarter and the end of the second quarter, he went small with Giannis at the five. So he's clearly uh, got the intention of getting these guys. If they're going to play in the preseason, he's going to maximize their minutes playing together.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting that um, we saw the – Giannis small lineup with Pat Connaughton slotting in as, as essentially the four man in, in Brookstead. And then we saw another variant of it with Jordan Wara playing as well. Um, So uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a different look playing, you know, Connaughton or, or a guy like Wara, they're obviously different players, but playing either of those guys instead of uh, PJ Tucker is obviously different um, because PJ, I think again, lets you play, big while playing small if that makes sense um even though he can defend perimeter guys he can obviously brings like a strength and toughness factor that you know as much as Pat Connaughton and and Jordan Wara might bring they're just not going to bring that same that same thing so um I think what's going to be interesting to see just and and (laughs) Dudley my my puppy has has some thoughts I think he's uh I think he's got some Grayson Allen takes that he wants to get in here which we're going to need to get to but um but yeah, I thought that was, you know, an interesting thing to see. Interesting to see Giannis getting some some opportunities to switch on to perimeter guys here in his first game back. Which, of course, you know, we, we've obviously all talked about, you know, having that as an option and a, and, uh, and a look that you can go to. And obviously it was one that was useful at various points throughout the playoffs last year, including the finals. Just, again, having Giannis be that um, that Swiss Army knife defensively. I thought he did look more aggressive defensively as well. By the way, we talked about that in his light of his media day comments. He was talking about chasing everything. Um, Again, um, we'll see what he's like in the regular season. Um, But he, he definitely went for some stuff in this game as well. Um, Was, was kind of all over the court. Uh, Did not look like he was kind of holding back or, or trying to, you know, pick his spots, which again, maybe partly because he only played 17 minutes, but, um, but yeah, I, I thought again, just the, um, the chemistry is obviously, I think, going to be better this year than it was, especially early last year, given that you've had that full year with with Drew under your belt. Um, you know, Drew a couple times got loose, kind of under along the, the baseline, and was you know sort of one of the the guys sort of late in a possession. You know, it was Drew Holiday popping up, you know, under the basket on a cut um, for an open look, and you know, again that that's obviously a we talked a lot about the dunker spot and you know having guys including Smalls just be cutting, be flexible, looking for that type of, uh, of, uh, of, of, you know, move to the basket. Uh, and drew kind of paid, paid off a couple of those tonight. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, I, I hesitate to call it the fully operational death star at this point, given it's just, you know, game one of the preseason against Oklahoma city, but, um, you know, again, you just want to keep these guys healthy, find a, some, some modicum of rhythm here in the preseason and, considering we were thinking that Giannis, you know, is he going to play at all in the preseason? The fact that he's here in game three, um, I'm, I'm guessing he's not, may not play in both of the remaining preseason games, but look back at back at his last few years. I think the last four years he's played like two, three, two and three preseason games. So pretty similar to what we're used to seeing from Giannis in terms of, you know, missing some time early in the preseason then kind of getting in, getting into some form here as, as, uh, as the exhibition season wears on and, uh, obviously when you make a bunch of shots, everything, everybody looks better. Um, uh, but it was pretty fun to watch Giannis in particular tonight, because I think he scored eight points in three minutes <laughs> and then kind of decided, all right, I'm not going to, you know, necessarily throw my body around quite as much. Um, took a couple jump shots, uh, didn't actually make a, another, uh, another field goal. Um, we, we should probably talk about his, his free throw routine a little bit. He, he went to a, I was curious what he was going to do. Cause in the finals, he went to basically, the pantomime you know free throw attempt before he gets the ball and then he stopped taking his really deep breath when he caught the ball and just went straight into his you know six sometimes seven dribbles and then shot up and this was different because he actually caught the ball I don't I didn't notice him take the pan he only shot two free throws I didn't notice him do the the practice free throw before he caught the ball which is a way actually get around the 10 second count because it doesn't count um he just caught it, took one deep breath, and then just took one dribble and then shot it, which, again, who knows? We'll see. He missed his only two free throws tonight. We'll see if that that uh, that motion changes at all. But uh, I had to get in some Giannis free throw talk here. It wouldn't be locked on bucks without it. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, hard to complain. They got through it healthy. Those guys looked like they could do what they wanted when they wanted. Chris Middleton was hitting jump shots. Drew was over, all over the place, you know again, check the box type of first game of the preseason for those dudes.
1: Yeah, when they called the first time out, I think it was around the 7.03 mark. The Bucs already had 22 points or something silly like that. On the board, and I thought, ah, oh, Giannis does look like he's pretty good. And then I had to remind myself, like, what the hell are you talking about, Kane? The, the guy nearly snapped his leg in half and then scored 50 points like two weeks later. I'm pretty sure that you know, even if he's sore, even if he's injured, he's proven that, yeah, he he can play to a, a pretty high level. I've got a theory about Giannis's free throw shooting, and I think I know how we can fix it moving forward uh <laughs> i know you're gonna like it. Bar? is this a bill bar is this a bill bar read or something <laughs> he just needs to eat more bill no it's not but uh, it is it is we are you know we talk about the ways that he can improve i i noticed something tonight that i thought maybe i haven't spent enough time on that maybe i've been sleeping on that but uh speaking of sleeper in 2018 the fantasy sports experts at sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken Games have been won and lost based on who's who had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week, For each starter to count towards their team's total score ensuring an even number of games played between opponents so basically you're not going to lose out you don't have to look at the the waiver wire and think to yourself well this guy's got four games this week this guy's only got three i better pick uh that player even if he's perhaps not as good as the other so it just makes things uh simple and if you're you know you don't have the commitment like i don't with fantasy basketball it's going to suit you this this game so all you have to do is download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Now, I've seen a lot of people talking about different streaming services, and I I don't know exactly what the situation is with the local TV over there in Milwaukee. I know the blackouts are just a giant pain in the ass. But this, uh, you know, direct TV stream could help. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Uh, Well, I want to tell you about a simple way that you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. It's called Direct TV Stream. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device applies. Uh, Content varies by package. I can can you can you guess what service I used to watch the Bucks game tonight? It wasn't Direct TV Stream, it? It was. It? Well, it you was. know, I I looked up. So, oh, but did you watch ESPN then?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I it is not because I'm getting a deal because they're a sponsor. I've had it was previously called AT and TV. I cut the cord. I went from Direct TV satellite to a streaming, basically AT and T TV, and then that was rebranded Direct TV Stream. So. Um, so yeah, I it's it's just you know internet only, um, but I've got it you know through a, a set top box on my TV, and then I but I think what's really important for me is like if I watch it through the ESPN app like a a game, like I was trying to use that first and it like I couldn't pause or rewind it on my yeah. Roku, so I was just like well I'm I was recording it on the Direct TV stream like app right it's like a DVR you know it's like a normal like any other sort of cable type thing in terms of DVR functionality so. I did then switch over um, and just watch the rest of it on the the DTV stream because I was trying to catch up and obviously, especially like for us, you know, people like us who like obsess over these games, right. like you want to rewatch stuff yeah. and make sure you don't miss any parts of it. And so, yeah, having a DVR version of it is really important. And I that's one of the things I didn't find annoying about a lot of the streams. Like I was watching the U.S. Panama soccer game, which was a disaster this <laughs> Um, But uh, like Paramount Plus, like you can't pause it while you're watching it. It's just like, hey, if you're watching it, you gotta watch it while it's happening. And then I think you can watch replays. But but anyway, so that's my very organic DTV uh stream endorsement. So there you go, Kane.
1: It's probably better than what um my my actual ad read was anyway. And I and I did look <laughs> it, I did look it up. Uh Valley Sports Wisconsin, the channel is actually six uh six nine, So that's nice as well. So keep that in mind. Easy to remember. with Giannis free throws and I was watching this game tonight and he did go over two and I had a few people tweet at me and say did you notice this and I said well you know for me if for me if I was Giannis I'd probably and look I know that you're gonna have new coaches they're gonna try different things and you know they're not gonna base it off one game but I would have felt pretty comfortable sticking with what you, what got you 17 for 19 in game six of the NBA finals. But I think another thing that he could potentially do is, and maybe Bucks fans just need to start doing a fast 10 count, and Giannis shoots the free throw on the 12th. Because let's be honest, first, it would take away his anxiety about people doing it on the road. And secondly, I really think that he got a rhythm. I, I really do. It was clockwork. Every time on the 12, he would shoot the free throw. I don't think it was hurting him in the end, so... You know, he's a rhythm guy. That would be perfect. Then you know the exact same thing is happening every single time. So maybe keep it in mind, Bucks fans.
0: But you I saying wonder... on the 12 or on the 10?
1: Well, because the fans uh, count fast. So he was oh, actually shooting it on the yeah. 12. It was probably 9.5. I don't know. By the
0: way, if you were an opposing fan, wouldn't you think it'd be more helpful to count down than count up?
1: Well, Jeff, like 10, fan...
0: 9, 8, 7, 6, and then like, eh, like do one of those. Like people, I mean, you know, that was like a thing with. With a lot of the like squad six, and they would do that with the, like the false counts on mm. uh, on shot clocks, right? Which, I mean, definitely there were t- there were at least a handful of times where it looked like that actually through through an opposing team off. I think it over the years became less uh, less effective, but yeah.
1: Well, I think Jeff Van Gundy came up with the idea, and this is a very Jeff Van Gundy. Oh God, is that do I, should I feel bad about that, then, Ben? Van no, Van Gundy also? no, no. Well, he was saying that they should actually be going like one seven. Three, uh, four, <laughs> which if if everyone in the crowd just yells at the random number, yeah, it would probably be pretty confusing. Uh, it would be it'd be hard to find that rhythm. So anyway, we're not trying to put Giannis off here. But we spoke last week about potential ways that he could get better. And we always talk about the different shots that he can do, different moves he can have on offense. And I was watching him and you were talking about some of the passes he made. I mean, he was legitimately assist hunting. A lot of them were going to Grayson Allen. He found him with passes in the corner. And it was funny listening to Grayson Allen in the post-game interview with Zora. He was just like, yeah, I'm learning pretty quickly to just have your hands up whenever Giannis has got the ball because if not, he's going to whip the ball straight into your face. And and I think I think it's true. And we spoke the other day about how Giannis sometimes has is, is improved and found different ways to be involved playing off the ball. But I was watching his passing tonight, and he was trying some stuff. And sure, when you win it by 30, you can do that. But I do wonder if sometimes we just overlook the fact, what if he just becomes better with the ball in hand and a better passer and a better distributor as well? I mean, there's legitimate room for growth there. And you can sort of uh, transfer that into talking about Grayson Allen if you want, because I know that he did benefit from from a bit of this.
0: Yeah, I thought, I mean, maybe the the pass that um, stuck out the most was that um, transition pass where he kind of used his go-go gadget arms and took his left, left arm and basically did like a around mm-hmm. around a defender for a bounce pass to Chris Middleton for a dunk. Um, That was maybe my favorite pass, but, but yeah, with, with Grayson Allen, there were definitely, um, you know, he was going like full, like I just, you know, it was like he had just watched a um, 1980s Showtime Lakers highlight video. And he was like, you know, driving and just whipping the ball around without really looking. And um, so it, it was fun to watch. I mean, and again, we, we, like, it's not like this is like a brand new thing, right? Like it's like Giannis's comment. I think it was to Eric. In one of his athletic articles, what was it? Was it in the the athletic article that Eric wrote, or maybe it was just someplace? I think I think it might have been where he was just like, you know, mfers didn't know I could pass or something <laughs> like that. And yeah, I mean, he's been making cool passes for ever, really. I mean, I think he's definitely gotten you know better, more comfortable over the years. And I think in the finals in particular, finals and Hawk series. Um, I thought his control, you know, you look at his turnover numbers up to his, to his assist numbers, um, cutting way down on his turnovers in, in the finals in particular, um, and still, you know, making good reads and obviously balancing finding teammates with just being a monster, unstoppable scoring force. Um, that was obviously, you know, just next-level stuff from him. Uh, and I thought tonight, uh, you know, it was kind of like, all right, you know, kind of taking a test drive out with Grayson Allen, you know, the new the new toy, see what the new toy can do a little bit. Um, and I thought, you know, Allen kind of did exactly kind of what you you kind of wanted him to do. And again, we've seen we we saw him, um, I guess it was game one of the preseason, um, that, you know, he he did similar some similar stuff, kind of showing that, you know, he can do a little two-man game. Um he did find Giannis on a little two-man game. Giannis missed the uh, initial shot and then he he scored on the putbacks so no assist for Allen on that play but you know you're Grayson now and you got to know uh you know where, where your where your uh bread is buttered so trying to find Giannis early um and then obviously getting loose rhythm three point shooter as a catch and shoot guy that's obviously going to be really important because um I think he I really think he is kind of I said this in our chat to with with you and Eric and and company but um there is sort of like a he is kind of like a hybrid of Bryn Forbes and Dante DiVincenzo in that um i think he's you know i don't know that he's you know quite the shooter bryn forbes was last year for instance i don't know that bryn forbes is the shooter he was last year <laughs> given how bryn shot it during the regular season um but he's i'd say certainly a, a you know a more proven reliable three point shooter than dante is uh, which isn't to take away you know the strides dante has made but better three point shooter than, than Dante, maybe not quite Forbes as a three point shooter, but, um, but then he also has, you know, more of Dante's kind of playmaking ability. And I thought, you know, the one thing that he did tonight, he had a couple of really nice finishes at the basket. And, you know, the one, I think it was a two man game with Brooke Lopez where, you know, he he's driving down the right side, Brooks filling the middle. And um, he just rose up and crammed it (laughs) um, and just dunked it in a half court, one handed, um, You know, I think as I was watching that, I was just sort of thinking like that's where, you know, Dante for all his athleticism just doesn't really have like the length and like big enough hands to just, you know, kind of dunk like that. And again, not that, you know, Grayson Allen is Dr. J or something like that, but, um, but he's, he makes dunk, you know, makes plays like that. Um, and then we saw him again drive along the baseline for a, a nice reverse layup so uh certainly the numbers bear out that he's been a more consistent finisher than Dante not a guy who's gotten to the rim as much as Dante which you have to give Dante some credit he gets the rim not always a consistent finisher when he gets there but those are high percentage shots that you want to want or higher percentage shots that you want to tr- create but uh but yeah i thought it was just you know an impressive performance from him and you know i think defensively that's the area where certainly you would give Dante the edge but um Man, he, he also had a play tonight where he kind of came from behind and jumps up and blocks with his left hand a little runner, which I was like, on Lifetime, I thought it was going to be cruel to goaltend. Um, and then I watched the replay. And I was like, ah, I think that was a legit block. But I mean, it was, you know, that was not a block that a 6'4 <laughs> dude typically makes, you know, as a help side guy coming um, <laughs> coming up behind the the, the man defender and just wiping one out and sending it into the first row, that was um, certainly not, maybe not a play we're going to see all the time from Grayson Allen, but um, you know, I think we've seen Dante and, and to an extent Pat as well, the fact that those guys can use their athleticism on the boards, they can use their athleticism to be defensive playmakers. Um, and again, not that they're perfect defenders, but uh, again, if Grayson Allen can get into that mold and defend just consistently, and then also pop up and make some big plays, rebound his position well, uh, obviously that's exactly what you need, especially with Bryn Forbes gone. We know he's, the holes he had in his game. I think he's certainly a much more well-rounded player than Bryn Forbes, but uh, he's obviously got a great opportunity now to to step into Dante's starting spot, which seems to now have been confirmed, as we expected really from, probably from the day he was traded, we we, we thought uh, he was probably the the heir, you know, the, the likely um, early season starter and uh, certainly starting with the group today, certainly was a, a, seemed to be a clear indication of of what Bud's plan is with him and Certainly he hasn't done anything in preseason to to do anything but make you feel pretty
1: good about um what he's gonna bring to that group. Well, I thought that was a goaltend for sure as I watched it. It felt like the ball was in the air forever and then he just uh jumped up and, and swatted it. Like he almost could have just grabbed it out of out of the air if he wanted to. If but... it was
0: Giannis, I feel like it would have been a goal. I feel like Giannis gets yeah. like I was almost amazed in the in game six that he didn't get called for a goaltend. Not because any of those were goaltends, but because it just seems like refs want to call goaltends on Giannis, which just annoys me to no end. But anyway, sorry, King.
1: No, and by the way, I will say, you, you mentioned some of the plays Giannis was making, and it's preseason. We've seen this story before. There's nothing new about it, but it's almost like when he knows he's only playing 15 minutes, he needs to play doubly as hard, and you're just like, Jesus, man, like don't hurt yourself. It's the first game of the preseason. I know, I know this is why we love you, but... Let's just not get hurt here. We know you've had a bit of a, a bit of a sore knee, but uh, Grayson Allen threw down that dunk. Uh, I heard a rumor that the reason he had all that uh, that power, that strength, was because he did have a Built Bar pre-game, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, if you didn't know this, Frank, there are uh, many delicious fav- flavors you can choose from. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorite choices. There's coconut, raspberry, mid-brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel orange, cookies, and cream, whatever. Whatever you're into, you'll be able to find a flavor for you. They're healthy for you as well. Uh, 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So just go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. So the reason I think we all predicted that we thought Grayson Allen would slot in, and, and I like that comparison. I never really thought about it like that but because we, we've compared him to Dante before, but when you put him in the little triangle with Bryn Forbes, I like it because, like you said, I mean, I, I think the reason why you would feel better about having Grayson Allen in the starting lineup compared to a Bryn Forbes, for instance, is because he he is a better defender. He is more athletic, and not only that dunk, he th- finished that re- Crazy reverse layup as well, which was just like, oh my God, this guy's showing us a bit in a couple of preseason games. And the other reason is, and this is something I brought up last week when I thought that Bud would start Pat off the bench or bring Pat off the bench when they had that really random lineup, is because he does like putting him in those small ball lineups. And you mentioned this at the start of the show. I asked Bud after the game, I said. You know, we saw the small ball lineups end of the first quarter, end of the fourth quarter. Is this something you're going to want to try and and utilize more this season? And then on top of that, this is something that I've mentioned that maybe he would consider. Is there more wear and tear on Giannis um, when he's playing at the five? Is that something you have in your mind? And he straight up said, no, no, we'll just manage Giannis's minutes in total. We're not too worried about that specifically with him playing uh, at center. But then he did basically confirm that, yeah, they're interested in trying it a little bit more. Now, Bucks I tweeted the quote, and Buck's Twitter was absolutely loving it. And it's funny because like let's not forget the guy that they've got playing at the five under normal circumstances, Brooke Lopez, was pretty damn critical to some of the things they did as well. But it's an awesome second best lineup or or stretch lineup or versatile lineup. It's really, really cool, and and Bud did point to Pat as kind of the key to that because he can play two, he can play three, you can even slide him to the floor, you can sort of switch between positions there, and he likes having the versatility. But it was an interesting comment at least.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, the 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 obvious guy we did not see tonight was Bobby Portis, right? And he's obviously the the third leg of the kind of Bucks big man um, barstool. I, where am I going with that metaphor? I don't know, but uh, but that's I th- I'd say that's the real test is when Bobby's back. Then then what do the rotations look like when Bobby's out? And it, you know, I mean, that's the reality though too. Is um, if if either Brook or Bobby is out, then Giannis has to play a fair amount of center because, you know, otherwise what are your options, right? Sandro's played, um, you know, a a fair bit, obviously, in these first three games, how much he plays once, you know, you're closer to a a full complement of players. And once you hit the regular season, obviously um, you're not looking at him as a guy that you expect to see night to night necessarily. Um, And he's the only other guy who's like really like of kind of like nominal center size. And then the other guys, obviously that we've talked about, um, you know, Shemi, Thanasis, like guys who are more like undersized fours. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I think the the obvious um, the obvious thing that you'll is that we will see Giannis at center, you know, a fair bit. Um, but I think you know, is it going to be dramatically more than it was in previous years? I think it would have to be an injury situation for Giannis to play like tons of center, or for you know them to play a lot of small ball with him at the five. And, you know, no other true big men on the floor as we saw tonight in those couple stretches. So I mean, hopefully you don't need to do that because you're trying to get Bobby Portis 24 minutes a game, and you're trying to get Brooke, you know, 24 to 27 minutes, whatever Brooke is gonna play. Um, but uh but yeah, I mean we'll we'll see kind of what what they do and how much they mix it up. And I think obviously there's the one thing you hope is that you have the option to do that, try it out during the regular season, and hopefully you're doing it because you want to and not because you have to because you don't have, you know, enough dudes to uh, to fill those spots.
1: Yeah, or the other point of, of that would, and we've seen this previously where you're just losing and it's like, okay, well, let's try Giannis at the five, you know, maybe maybe yeah. it's a little bit more proactive than reactive as as perhaps it's been over the, over the last few years, not so much last year, but certainly in years bef- before that, almost like uh, the switching defense that only comes out when you're down 15 points to the Charlotte Hornets. But anyway... Before we wrap this up, I'll remind everyone about my uh, my good Aussie mate, Josh Lloyd. He's the host of the uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball uh, Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. So if you're playing fantasy and you're not listening to that show, of course, after you listen to Locked On Bucks, well, you're making uh, a bit of a mistake there. Uh, for tomorrow's show, I do want to talk more about Jordan War. Drew Holiday was pretty strong in his... Uh, comments about Jordan Wara after the game. Uh, As Frank mentioned in the show, they did run him with that small ball lineup uh, to end the second half. So look, who knows? I mean, I think the one thing that we learned tonight, all of a sudden, when you have all those guys back in the lineup and you keep in mind that there was no George Hill, there was no Dante DiVincenzo, you do understand that it's going to be tough to get minutes. As much as he's impressed, as much as he's played well, uh, this team's just really damn good and looking pretty damn deep if they're all healthy. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. Uh, Frank, did you have any parting thoughts before we wrap it up?
0: Um, I mean, I think you guys can jump into more tomorrow. Obviously, the big night on Friday with 30 points. Um, out dueling Kevin Durant, Ooh, quote unquote, <laughs> out dueling Kevin Durant uh, in Brooklyn, and then um, another solid night tonight. Maybe not the scoring efficiency as much tonight, but I They'll think score. the the yeah, there you go. The I thought the play that I liked the most from him, and you know we've alluded to it, and and his teammates, coaches have alluded to it, um, is you know how does how does he kind of bring more balance to to, to his game, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, I think it was a pick and roll on the right side where he whipped the ball across court to, to Pat Connaughton in the in the weak side corner for a three. He did go in, great. So we got I think he had what three assists tonight, I think. Um so I thought that was, you know, a play that you know, again, you, you can't take one play and extrapolate like, oh now Jordan War is gonna be a rotation guy this year. But that's the kind of play I think that you like to see from him. Just um, you know, we know he can Step back and hit threes. We know he can shoot those like random one-handed floaters um, from 13 feet at remarkably well. Um, all that's really good. That's that's helpful. The fact that you can put him in a pick and roll, um, especially if you know you're looking at second units and you're trying to change up your offense a little bit, that's very useful. But uh the fact that, you know, he he is showing hopefully a bit more willingness and ability to to create plays for others, um, that's obviously, you know also very, very encouraging to see is, because as we talked about, right, I mean, he's, it's not just about him being able to cook with a bunch of, you know, second and third string dudes. We know he can do that. I think take nothing away from him. It's, you know, all you can do is play what, what you, the minutes you have. And, you know, I think he's obviously, I think he's taken advantage of his time here in the preseason after, uh, you know, pretty underwhelming summer league. I think he's bounced back from that has he won minutes in the regular season? I'd say no, not yet. Um, but we still have a couple games left to go and hopefully he'll have some more run here with, uh, with the big three in the rest of the exhibition season. So he can at least give a little more of a preview and get a little more of a flow with, with those guys and, and kind of figure out his, his role there, because, you know, we know he can be really good as a garbage time guy. We know he can be really good when you're resting your main guys, um, as a, uh, kind of emergency number one, number one scoring option. Uh, but for him to carve out a real role long term, um, I think you know we, we've talked a lot about what he needs to do, and um, hopefully he's he's making some progress here. I think he is.
1: Yeah, no question. I, th- I think the messaging has been really clear from the Bucs as well. Like they're clearly working on this guy and telling him what he needs to improve on. Drew Holiday was asked after the game, "What has he improved on?" And he straight away again said he's passing, and then started laughing. So you know, I mean, I'm sure it's some friendly joking, but also. Jordan War is probably understanding what he needs to do to try and crack uh, this rotation. So like I said, we'll talk about Jordan War more tomorrow. Obviously, we should touch on Sandro's game against Brooklyn as well. I found that a really highly entertaining preseason basketball as well. It's been some fun stuff from the Bucs so far. But if you have any thoughts on Jordan War, you can tweet us. Uh, you can get jump in the YouTube comments wherever you can get in touch. Locked on Bucks at gmail.com as well. If you uh, don't have any of those platforms, and get on to us and we'll talk about Jordan Wara tomorrow. And the Bucks have another preseason game in a couple of days against the Utah Jazz. But it was good to be back at home. It was good to to have a win, a preseason win, uh, one and two. Although I don't count the Memphis game because they didn't play four quarters. So well, one and one for me. Back at five hundred. Shout out to the Bucs. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with uh, Justin Garcia. He's going to jump on with me, but for myself and Frank, uh, we'll leave it there and we'll catch you guys tomorrow.
0: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96%